So, Harry, mm -hmm. what clique were you in in high school? In high school, I was a maths nerd. You were a maths nerd. I can't say I'm completely shocked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how nerd are we talking? Spent all my break times in the maths room. Okay. Um, only playing cards, not like playing numbers or mm. anything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it wasn't, uh, wasn't the coolest. Oh, bless. Uh, but I was with the people I wanted to be with. And I, and I had a good time. I look back on it fondly. So that's shut all, up. That's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell it to your therapist, mate. And I definitely wasn't bullied at all for it. Aww. That never came up. Poor Harry. Well, now you get to bully me. So, you know, it's all, it's all <laughs> you've come full circle. Welcome back, everybody, to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are pitching prequels, sequels, and spin-off ideas to 10 Things I Hate About You. We'll also be pitching some drinking games and hearing other sequel pitches from our Twitter followers. But first, we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments from the original movie and catch you up with a bit of a plot summary. I'm Harry, the host with the most girlfriends in high school. <laughs> How many? Uh... Four, if you count one, if you count ones that lasted more than one day. Oh wow! Okay. And joining me as always, the Shakespeare of the show is John Lucas. I'll take that. It's unusually nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's part of, that's part of the thing here. I like to give you an insult, but every every now and then I'll throw you like a moderate non-insult. Keep me off guard. Keep and it, just, toes, it just comes yeah. off as a great compliment. Okay, great. I see what you're doing there. Um, yeah. Anyway, so this film, ten things I hate about you. What do yes. you think? Th well, this was a you pick. Uh -huh. What led you to this one? I just thought it'd be a good time. Yeah. Have you seen it before? Yeah, a long time ago. Long so time I didn't ago. really remember much of it. Mm. I remember that it had a really good cast. I think in my head, I remember the cast being much bigger and knowing more of the people than are actually in it. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad cast by no, any no, means, but I remember it as being like a big ensemble piece. And it's, mm -hmm. it's not really, there's like maybe two or three people who I actually know from other things. It's a lot of people who you kind of go, oh, that person. Yeah. But only really two at best that you'd say are like famous. Yeah. One of whom is now sadly dead. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, no, I'm about the same. I saw this many years ago. Hadn't really thought about it since, but I enjoyed it back then, and I enjoyed it this time too. It's mm. a, it's a fun film. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's life changing, but it's no. a. I think it's one of the better like late '90s teen mm. rom com. It's, yeah, I like that this film has a healthy sense of absurdity. That's my favorite film about this yes. film. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it, it it doesn't take itself too seriously, not in the it, slightest, yeah. and, it, and it really could. But it also has. I'd say a really good balance of just seriousness or... or sincerity, or, or, maybe. Yeah, yeah, sincerity. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, that's what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. But I compare it to something like Mean Girls or yes. something, which just doesn't quite have that. It's It's got its absurdity, but not a lot much else. It does, yeah, Mean Girls has... I love Mean Girls, and isn't a criticism, but Mean Girls has a lot of absurdity and not a lot of heart. Yeah. And this has a little bit of both. Yeah. So, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, I did too. I did. I did. It's... There was a real trend in the late 90s for this kind of film. It started with Clueless, which is mm -hmm. taking a classic piece of either literature or theatre. Because mm -hmm. Clueless was a, a very kind of clever rewriting of Emma by Jane Austen. Mm -hmm. uh, it's taking these cl classic literary things, like a, quite highbrow literary works, and then reworking them as high school rom-coms. So you had Clueless, <laughs> you had... Um, 
way more differently. I think she's all that was Pygmalion was supposed to be like my fair lady kind of thing. Right. And I'm sure there were other ones as well that there was, oh, there was Romeo plus Julia. I mean, that's just a straight remake, but still oh, yeah, with modern, that's, 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 but still that's with modern elements, you know, it's still, you know, taking it into the modern age. To an extent, but yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it in the same class. No, as no, that's different. Yeah. Yeah. And then this is the taming of the shrew. Basically. Yeah. Another famous Shakespeare play. Is the so. Heathers based off anything? Not that I can think. Not, not. I don't think directly. Mm. Not in the same way. Like I don't think it's taken from a single classic piece. But it probably has some influences. I don't know. Mm. But yeah, but yeah. It was a funny little trend. It kind of came and it went. But I enjoyed it. And this is definitely one of the, one of the cleverer ones. I think it's good because you you can get these films like the teen comedies that don't normally have much of a plot. Mm. Whereas this one, it doesn't have a lot of a plot. But what it does have, it is somewhat complex you can definitely tell it's based on a play because yeah, yeah it yeah. is very the plot is very engineered in the way that a play is and it does mm. have certain things that you can tell okay this is this is based on something older because these characters aren't even in the realms of a teen rom-com mm. the way they're behaving isn't how you typically see a teen rom-com no. like, it's just a different a slightly different plot construction but i like it it's, it's interesting mm. yeah. yeah definitely it, uh... not without its problems no. But I would say that, you know, based on the original play, I think they took it a long way because mm-hmm. the original play is like, I mean, it's Shakespeare, obviously it's very good, but it is hella sexist. <laughs> it's, it is, it's really, yeah, not a very, uh, it's a very problematic Shakespeare play, which is why it's not one of the most performed ones these days. Right. It's basically about a man marrying a woman who has her own mind and a free will and just basically breaking her spirit until she ends by announcing that every woman should be obedient to her man so there's this you know this, <laughs> that's literally how it ends just, i think the, her last line is that all she beats up two other women for not being sufficiently respectful to their husbands because mm-hmm. she's totally respectful to her husband it's yeah oh, wow. it's it's aged poorly wow. um so <laughs> even though there were parts of this where i was like oh i'm wincing a bit some of the messages towards the, mm-hmm. the way the women are being treated it's still come a long way from from where it, it was so yeah 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 we'll talk about some of those moments as we go through the plot summary i'm sure sure yeah yeah now over oh here my God. what group is she in they don't even think about a group bianca stratford she's a soft i burn i pine i perish of course you do you know she's beautiful and deep i'm sure yeah but see there's a difference between like and love because I like my Skechers, but I love my Prada backpack. But I love my Skechers. That's because you don't have a Prada backpack. Oh. Listen, forget her incredibly uptight father, and it's a widely known fact that the Stratford sisters aren't allowed to date. Uh-huh. Yeah. Whatever. Okay, so this is... Oh, where do I start with this? Because, mm-hmm. like, the... Who who you'd class as the main character changes in this film? Yeah, I mean, I would say it probably is Julia Stiles, but she doesn't get introduced as the lead. She kind of no. sneaks. She's like the stealth lead. It's kind of like Joe Gordon Levitt at the start. Isn't he's it? the first one you meet, yes, because he's a, an army brat. Yeah, uh, who's just who's which means he's been in like ten scores in five or six years. Like right. he hasn't stayed anywhere for very long. Sure. And so he's new in this new school in I think they're in Seattle or something. Yeah. And yeah, we meet him. He's in the guidance counselor's office with alice and johnny who is fabulous in this movie <laughs> i wanted more of her she totally disappears it's a yeah. shame because I mean, she, the... she comes back at the end or is it in the credits or something i think well, it's in the credits definitely yeah. in the credits i forget if she's in it a little bit before and i'm like oh yeah she was in this what was going on with that yeah because the first 10 minutes she's you're like oh this character's gonna run away with this movie yeah and she just disappears 
Well, I mean, it's a great cameo. It's yeah. A oh, yeah, totally. It's this, like, amazingly... Well, she's a guidance counsellor who's called Mrs. Perky or Miss Perky. Mm-hmm. Which is a great name. Yeah. And she's writing a very... Uh, yeah, very explicit erotic novel <laughs> while she's kind of half-heartedly not really attempting to do any guidance counselling at all. No. no. She's kind of like, you'll be fine. Everyone's a shithead in this school. Bye! Yeah. <laughs> and she's not subtle about writing this novel either. Oh, no, not at all. It's she's like, not hiding it. Karen, what's another word for throbbing? Yeah. <laughs> again, I love that this movie has, like, again, maybe similar to Mean Girls. It's a teenager could probably w- would and certainly watch this and like it, mm-hmm. but it's got a lot of, like, adult humour. Yeah. And, like, the, the kids all swear and they're all having sex and it's yeah. all, like, it's not, like infantilized or you know made into like a pg movie like they really let the teenagers completely act like teenagers yeah which is great and most of them are played by teenagers they, they look they're, what uh, they're, i mean, I mean there, there it are some, varies some, wildly yeah there are some glaring yeah but <laughs> i'd say julia styles julia styles sister and mm. joseph gordon levitt all look 17 yeah yeah yeah, yeah sure. he pledges a push he ledges a push there are some there are some side characters that are like mm. oh you are pushing forty oh yeah I mean uh, <laughs> is it Michael the, uh, the the friend who helps Joseph Gordon Levitt the Jewish guy the Jewish guy yeah he, yeah, yeah he could be anywhere between twenty one and thirty five yeah you <laughs> <laughs> yeah you genuinely can't tell with him no yeah sure but then some teenagers are like that some people do like hit middle age very early in life so oh I yeah know. totally yeah. I could just... who was it was it um... It wasn't Heath Ledger's friend or something, but there's a guy with like a mohawk. Oh yeah, I oh, know he's point. he's 45. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's glaringly distracting. Yeah. If you take the extras into account, it's it's really like he's going bald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there, there are some where you're like, is that a teacher or another student? Like, I have no I, idea. There was a time when I, I genuinely didn't know. I, was, saying, I yeah. genuinely wasn't sure if this was supposed to be a teacher or a student. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. My favorite was actually jumping ahead, but the the archery scene. Oh yeah, yeah. For some reason, like I guess there's not that many people in. In, on a set who are going to be comfortable holding a bow and arrow mm. but they do like a pan out of like all the different students doing their bows and arrows mm-hmm. and some of those women are like are literally 40 it's like <laughs> how are you even pretending that's a student come on like, and they're only extras so it doesn't matter but it's still no, gonna be no, laugh like yeah <laughs> um i wasn't sure if this film was sort of leaning into it at some mm. point yeah it is funny yes yeah, so no, i think it i think it, I'm if not it's, sure not... it's just funny to us or if it's funny to everyone though no i think i think it's probably they wouldn't mind that people would be like, hey, they, they seem kind of old to be teenagers. Like that's, everything in this film is like tongue in cheek. So yeah, it, it's not like it spoils the illusion of this very realistic film, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yes, so Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he's arrived at the school. Yeah. So he's arrived like shortly before prom, it seems. Mm-hmm. And so straight off the bat, he's like, right, who am I taking to prom? And well, he pretty much immediately sees, what's her name? Um, the character Julia is called... Stahl's sister Julia Stahl's sister uh, Bianca Bianca, yeah, Bianca yeah. is the sister yeah um, and he's like whoa that's yeah. amazing Again, not, not, not even like she's amazing just no. like it's <laughs> it's one of the it's one of the moments in this film there's a few of them where women are just not not treated well no well I mean it, yeah she's eye candy in this she's scene. very much eye candy yeah but I did love the immediacy with which he was in love with her because it was that felt that was one of the bits that felt very like play oh yeah because even in like a generic high school realm, they'll at least have a conversation yeah where this he just literally looks at her and it all slows down and he goes i pine i love i lust it's like it's very romeo and juliet it is it's great and i was yeah. like fine okay this is silly but i'm, I'm on board <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. um shakespeare was repetitive wasn't he yes he, he definitely had his themes yeah yeah i mean he, he churned out a lot of shit you know yeah i guess like anything, the famous ones are still famous the rest people don't really talk about anymore you know? <laughs> <laughs> um oh i'd love to hear about some of the really bad shakespeare plays yeah, some rubbish ones yeah yeah but anyway he's like okay so how can i he, he, he's made friends with 
um, an, another unpopular kid. Yeah, da- played by David Krumholtz. Yeah. Yes, and I guess that as a new kid to the school, you start on the bottom rung. Yeah, David Krumholtz is giving him the tour. Yeah, and I, I love this scene. It's it's it's, it's it, the, it was very Mean Girls for me. It's the scene that's in every one of these movies, but this movie took it to such an absurd place. Yeah. I loved it because it's <laughs> it's the scene that you get every time there's a team movie. You get the new kid in school. That's mm-hmm. the standard cliche, and then the geek or the old the old regular takes them around the school. And, set, and points at all the different clicks. Like, here's mm-hmm. the popular kids. Here's yeah. the mean kids. Here's yeah. the goths. Yeah. But in this film, it, it takes it to this next level of ridiculousness. <laughs> it's like, instead of like just being the generic, like, yeah, cheerleaders, goths, mm-hmm. bullies, you know, whatever. It's like, so there's the, the caffeine addicts. <laughs> there's, the, there's the white Rastafarians. <laughs> there's the cowboys. And there's the young investment bankers. <laughs> like, it's so funny. <laughs> cowboys. Cowboys and young investment bankers. It's so funny. Like, the, cow, the investment bankers, yeah, sure. Like, you know, oh, yeah, they've all got into Yale or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And, like, yeah, these the white Rastafarians, like, they're a bit misguided. Yeah. Uh, sure. Cowboys? Yeah. What? What are, they, what are they into? What's what? into cowboy shit? They're just you know. How did that, how did that happen? I don't, I don't know. I'm pretty sure Seattle's pretty far north, so yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't know. I liked it. I liked the, basically Canada. You're right, yeah. But I just loved that one of the clicks was again. The, it's the film's just poking fun at these like mm. ridiculous stereotypes that high school clicks get made into. So it's like, yeah, sure, why not? Cowboys, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like with their lassos and their tin, and their like ten gallon hats. It really made me laugh. Just mm. visual comedy. Like, oh yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> Um, I really want to see more of just all of all of those. Yes, clicks. yeah, all those clicks. Yeah. The White Rastafarians—they're in it a bit more, but mm. not very much. They—they they get some good, like yeah, what, like quick jokes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it feels offensive, mm. but at least it's like poking fun at it. No, it is offensive, but it's that's the thing. It—it it, it knows it because the, yeah. the scene with the teacher, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the English teacher who's black, and he um, says something. I think about, he says, like, don't, don't even let me get started on you. Yeah, because he's... That's it. Because, okay, so we get this introduction scene. So he falls in love with Bianca at first sight. Mm-hmm. And then David Krumholtz says, don't even bother with that one. Her and her sister aren't allowed to date. Their father's really controlling. Yeah. And th- then we meet the sister, which is Julia Stiles, in English class. Mm-hmm. And she is immediately, like, ripping into the is it me? curriculum. And the, is it me? Or it, is English class in American films always just a group of kids in a, in a, in a room just talking about something. Just it, vibing, it's, yeah. It's, it's very rarely like the teacher teaching. It's mm. just like, okay, we're debating. We're having a discussion. That, like, it was never like that for me. Maybe you should have a really boring English teacher. Yeah, I think I, I, think I did. Also, I wasn't in like top class in English. I was mm. somewhere down. So I was like, okay, oh. I'm just going to put on the wind on the wi- wind in the willows on tape and you guys can listen along <laughs> oh dear <laughs> i know what you mean though like yes there is an element of that but there's yeah in Amer- in, you're right in american high school like movies they're always just like oh let's just vibe about this play and yeah forget what we have to learn about let's just yeah. vibe on it and just discuss among ourselves <laughs> mm. but yeah she's doing this whole thing about how ernest hemingway who they're studying was a a sexist and an alcoholic and all this stuff she's getting very forthright she's like why can't we learn about sylvia plath and charlotte mm. bronte and and then the teacher who who, has, who is is black is like oh yeah poor little white girl you must life must be so hard for you and then the white Rastafarians are like yeah man which is is very offensive <laughs> but then he goes don't even get me started on you guys so like the film acknowledges it <laughs> oh like, yeah totally yeah. Yeah. it's not like it's accidentally racist it's like very much making a joke like, yeah and it's it's hilarious <laughs> yeah it's absolutely hilarious it was my, I think that was the bit most I laughed out loud when the, just their reaction and then him just deaf staring them and then they're going and then the way they just kind of fade back they're like okay sorry <laughs> we, know, we know we know we're a joke. <laughs> hey, hey! I'm Mr. Morgan. Is there any chance we could get Kat to take her Midol before she comes to class? 
<laughs> Someday you're gonna get bitch slapped, and I'm not gonna do a thing to stop it. And Kat, I wanna thank you for your point of view. I know how difficult it must be for you to overcome all those years of upper middle class suburban oppression. Must be tough. But the next time you storm the PTA, crusading for better lunch meat or whatever it is you white girls complain about, ask them why they can't buy a book written by a black man. That's, That's right, right, Mom! Don't even get me started on you two. Nope. Yeah, and so then it... Uh... Wait, how does, it, how, does it, how does it go again? Is this when, it, when they go home back to their dad? Yeah, so then we get a little bit of backstory about the two sisters and how they live with... They don't have a mom because it's a high school movie. No one's allowed to have two parents. Um, <laughs> it's not the way things are done in these films. Um, yeah, and their dad is very comedically overprotective. Yeah. Like, there's a scene when they do go out for, to a party and he makes one of them strap on a pregnancy dress beforehand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, there's a whole fight that they have about how he won't let the younger sister, who's, like, much more conventionally, like popular and pretty and like you know girly girly mm -hmm. he won't let her go on any dates until the sister well first, well first of all it's like no dating it's blanket at all. no date like, and then, no, like no dating it's not okay like i know what happens at these parties i've been to these parties yes exactly um and it he, he, he does a lot of my favorite thing which is adults being hip yeah, yeah yeah but it's not just adults being hip it's adults being hip in the 90s yeah yeah yeah. So and i could tell it was like oh this is out outdated adult hip yeah so yeah it's la it's layers of cringe. Yeah. yeah um which you know obviously it wasn't at the time it was mm -hmm. just adult being hip yeah. which is great but yeah so he says like yeah dating not allowed and she pleads with him and pleads with him he's like okay well you can you can go on a date to this party you can yeah you can go go to this party with a date mm -hmm if you can get your sister to go on a date as well. Yeah. He's basically because, encouraging her to pimp out her older sister, which is essentially yeah. what happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because uh, Julia Stiles, she doesn't date. Like she's no. so up herself that she just won't let anybody get close to her. She doesn't seem to have any friends at all. She has that one friend, but sure. Who? The one who ends up having the weird William Shakespeare fetish. It's, oh, an, yeah. it's a it's a plot line that is underexplored. <laughs> very, very. I feel like there were some scenes cut from that plot line. It just yeah. really comes and goes. But yeah, she does have one friend. But I know what you mean. She doesn't. Yeah, really, and like yeah. she certainly she's not into guys. No, very much not. Um, and yeah, like he, like her dad just wants her to be normal and just have a normal life. Mm -hmm. He's a bit concerned for her because she's a bit too. She's not very friendly. She doesn't get on with people, and I guess that he's concerned she's not going to do well in life because of that. Sure, yeah. So. Both of them can go if the older one gets a date. Yes. That's and that's that's the premise of the movie. Basically, yes. So Bianca then comes up with this plan, which is to I mean it's it's kind of elaborate, is that she tricks Joseph Gordon Lever into thinking that she's interested in him, mm -hmm. which by the end of the movie she is. Yeah. And obviously he's interested in her. We've already already discussed mm -hmm. that. And she says that, like, okay, well I'll go I'll go well, this is the thing that my dad said, you know, I can yeah. only go if uh, if she gets a date. So I want you to go and pay like the main bully. I, I don't think she's the mastermind. Is she not? No, I think it's... I, re I, I really took it that she was. So, and so what, sh what she wants him to do is that she wants Joseph Gordon-Levitt to go and pay the bully. Well, he's not really much of a bully, but, you know, pay the, the jock or whatever. Yeah, um, Joey, the model guy. Yeah. yeah, to go and find somebody for Julia Stiles to go out with. I think my understanding of it, I'm, maybe maybe I'm wrong. My understanding of it was that, yes, yeah, she pretends that she's, she kind of feigns interest in Joseph Gordon-Levitt and says, mm -hmm. oh, it's such a shame, but I can't possibly mm -hmm. go out with you until my sister has someone to go out with. Yeah. And so she puts the seed in and like, okay, maybe he'll help. But I don't, I think it's then Joseph Gordon-Levitt and 
David Krumholtz, mm-hmm. they come up with the scheme to pay the rich guy, Joey, mm-hmm. the model. I don't think she's aware of that at all. Right, sure. I suppose that is that is better because then that makes her a little bit more innocent in this. Yeah, yeah. In your version, she's a monster. <laughs> Dude, that's where her <laughs> sister. Yeah. I mean, in, in your version, which, you know, one of them's right, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who's, you know, also an antagonist in this movie yeah. he's the monster yeah no as i said there is some questionable behavior towards women in this film yeah that we'll get to but i mean i think it'd be worse to literally pimp out your own sister like that yeah, yeah. true yeah. true but that's what happens yes so uh it is very elaborate and again i guess there, that does betray the kind of the stage origins of the of the, the story because it is it is that that kind of classical comedy of errors kind of thing going on mm. so yeah so they know that they're not gonna be able to get cat to go on a date easily because mm. she's so antisocial yeah and so that we're gonna we're gonna have to pay someone. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna have to pay someone. Yeah. But they don't have any money. So that, okay, well let's trick a rich person, this rich kid, Joey, mm-hmm. into paying somebody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so convoluted. Yeah, it is. <laughs> into dating cat. And yeah. that somebody else is Heath Ledger. Yes. Who's like this mysterious bad boy. Yeah. yeah. No one seems to know anything about him, but or anything true about him. Yeah. Everybody in there is a different myth. Yeah. Like Which again are so I feel like he's making fun of like again this archetype, this this stock character of like the brooding, mysterious person. Mm. Like, like, I hear he's been in prison. I hear he ate a duck. Like, you know, just <laughs> so ridiculous. He's only got one kidney. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so ludicrous. I yeah. love that. <laughs> ate a duck. <laughs> he, was, I, he ate a duck. He just left the bills on the feet. Like that's a lie. <laughs> like the like they all come back as well. Just like mm. so, do you want some duck? Yes. Yeah. I love that. There's lots of really good callbacks. Should you be drinking? You've only got one kidney. Yeah. <laughs> keep, yeah. The callbacks delighted me. They really did. Yeah. Does this conversation have a purpose? What I, what I think you need to do is you need to hire a guy who'll go out with her. Someone who doesn't scare so easily. That guy. I heard he ate a live duck once. Everything but the beak and feet. Clearly, he's a solid investment. And, uh, I mean, Heath Ledger doesn't seem to hesitate about this at all. Like, initially when you meet him, he's he's kind of like he doesn't like people. Like, he doesn't seem to have any friends and he doesn't look bothered by it at all. No. Lovely so- hair. <laughs> His hair in this movie is luxurious. Like. Yeah, yeah. And so when uh, the guy comes up to him and says, like, okay, I'll pay you uh $10 I don't, to, such to a, even bill. in the 90s that is a like, low going rate yeah that is that is a, lo- a that is a very offensive low to Julia Stiles y- yeah <laughs> I mean any any amount is it is but the, the, that low like um but I'm almost thinking like okay so you needed to get a rich kid to do this and mm. by rich you mean has ten dollars I know right yeah <laughs> like the economic well con- again considering some of the things that happen at the end of the film the economics of these kids are Hard to, hard to pass. They're, they're, they are curious. Because yeah. there's moments later in the film where like, are you millionaires? Like, yeah. Things happen. So, yeah. yeah. And yeah, like Heath Ledger, he, he's in straight away, but he negotiates mm. up to 20. Yeah. I think it is. 30, I think. 35 or 30. Yeah, so, something still, like that, yeah. Still low for, you know, a woman's virtue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and he, he, he brings it up later in the film. It goes all the way up to 100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100 a day. Yeah, yeah. At, that, at which point I'm like, okay, now we're, now we've got a going rate for what you're actually trying to do here. Like, yeah, but like, we've seen many, many films like this where you know the guy, for whatever reason, for for bad reasons, is uh, needs to get with the girl. Yeah. But then he actually falls for the girl. Yes. So isn't isn't doing it for bad reasons anymore, but that doesn't negate the bad reasons. Yes. But in this one, it's difficult to get over because first of all it's quite bad it's pretty much yeah. 
And then second of all, he asks for more money afterwards. It's not like once he's already, he's in, like he likes her and he wants to go on a date with her. And he's like, okay, now I want more money mm-hmm. for this. And it's like, okay, now you're, you're getting deeper in. And it's like yeah. kind of like voluntary. Like even though you like her now, now, now would be your time to say like, no, this isn't right. Take, mm. take the money back. Yeah, no, I... And they could still by that point do the plot line where she finds out later on, like, oh, you just did this for money. Mm. Um, but like, no, 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 I gave the money back. Like, oh no, I... I actually yeah. did it for more money than you know. Yeah, there's so many lies in this movie. I mean, like, there, yeah, it's got its problems. It's, yeah. It has its problems, but you know, what are you gonna do? And it, it really, it, it does such a disservice to her character. Yeah. By at the end of the movie, she's, her she's come crawling she's back to him. All right with it. Yeah, yeah. And like, she has to like read some poetry and cry about him. Yeah. And uh, like, he's not really done anything to apologize. He buys her like, a guitar. That's about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. He, and that's a weird one too mm. because. So it's, it's when he's trying to ask her out or something. I don't know. And he's sort of following her around looking for the right time. Yeah. And he comes he comes up behind her in the guitar shop. She's wearing headphones, playing his guitar to herself. Yeah. And he looks at her and smiles at her. She never knows he's there. The mm. next time he speaks to her is in a completely different place. Oh, it's right. It's in a bookshop. So it's full on stalking. Then, it's, yeah. it's actual stalking. Yeah. <laughs> and so then when like she sees that, oh, he bought me the guitar. like... He was at that guitar shop. Oh my God, this was a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, this one was a dark undertone. I didn't even yeah. pick up on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so as apologies go, it's like, oh, I'm sorry. I was stalking you. Yeah. That's not what I'm sorry for. <laughs> I'm sorry for having to take money for it, being paid to do it. And yeah, it's just it's just not nice that she takes him back at the end. No, like, I agree. He, he should have had to like beg more. He should have had to sing again at least or something, you know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or, or just do something really humiliating. He, he's never humiliated in no. this movie. no. And she really is. And like, there's other bits that we'll get to yeah. where she is way more humiliated than uh, than he even slightly gets. Yeah, no, I completely agree. So, yeah. Anyway, where were we? I really went off you on went one You went off on one there. Yeah, that's so... Um, yeah, so Heath Ledger has agreed for the low, low price of $20, or whatever it is, mm. to try and woo Julia Stiles. Mm-hmm. And he, so he makes a few attempts at kind of, you know, as you say, following around. He, he, he borderline stalks her. Mm-hmm. Finds out all the things she's interested in, which appear to be guitars, feminist literature, riot girl music, and hanging out in lesbian bars? Yeah. Question mark? Yeah, that that that, that really confused me too. <laughs> that was fully a lesbian bar, right? Oh, like, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Because I think when it was when Joseph Gordon-Levitt said like, oh, she likes this band. She's going to see this band. So you need mm-hmm. to go and see this band. It's in yeah. this club. And he's like, I can't be, I can't be seen in that club. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Because it's going to work against your street cred. Yeah. And like he goes in, it's a lesbian bar. I'm like, oh, that's why. But then... It's not because like, mm. and also one of the bar staff recognizes him. It's like, hey, Heath. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, because there there are a few guys. There's not loads of guys. Mm. It's definitely way more women in there. Yeah, but it doesn't look overly gay. No, and there are some guys in there mm. um, who just seem to be at home. Sure, and he knows people in there. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't quite sure why he was so desperate to avoid that bar. It never comes up again. Yeah. I felt like there was a scene missing there. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. Who was the person he knew at the bar? I don't know. That, no, I think it's just the, the, the bar staff, but it just doesn't, just, again, it, it doesn't come up. I yeah. don't know. Uh, but anyway, he tries to get to know her interests and he, he tries to hit on her a little bit mm-hmm. and she completely cuts him dead the first few times. Like, she's not interested. She's very kind of icy and acid. And, you know, she's yeah. always got a, a devastating comeback to, like, you know, so she just, she's not interested in the slightest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, <clears> as often never comes up in, in, in films, if somebody says no, especially if they say no a few times, just stop. Just let, let, let stop, it go. Yeah. Stop yeah. right there. And also, like, 
learn someone's interests. Yeah. And like, you know, if you if you think that you're you're aligned in some form, then yeah, great. Mm-hmm. But don't like learn someone's interests in a stalky way and then make up lies to like, oh no, I do like this band. Well, yeah, this is this is the the kind of rom com that gives real people bad ideas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in many, many ways. So yeah, I think the next significant incident is that there is a wild house party, which is organized by uh, David Krumholtz. <laughs> I love this. This is, this is, yeah, I mean, this is one of the classic scenes. So, mm. so it's at the house of one of the young investment club, mm-hmm. the head of the young investment club who has kind of done a hostile takeover and booted David Krumholtz out of the club. Mm-hmm. And so as revenge, he takes a flyer that he's put together for a cheese and wine evening, like a very posh <laughs> and like photoshops it to say free booze and mm-hmm. And, and music evening or something. It's yeah. like wild party. Yeah. And just throws these leaflets all over the high school. And I loved this mm-hmm. because it looked like nobody at the high school had ever been to a party before, <laughs> but they all knew what it was mm-hmm. and they all knew the exact second it started. <laughs> yeah. And like, they were ready. Everybody was so on it. Uh-huh. It was great. Oh, if only parties were like that in real life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely my favorite line of the movie. And one of the most famous quotable lines of the movie is when they do turn up and you get the, posh rich kids having their little cheese and wine evening and then mm. someone knocks at the door it's like oh that must be nigel with the brie <laughs> <laughs> yeah great what a lot and then he opens the door and the entire school just bursts in and mm. suddenly it's like a complete yeah of, of the uh, two groups of people in that in, the, in that house you know nigel with the brie mm. and all the teenagers who have, can't wait to get drunk yeah who are you closest to now me yeah in your life like which of those two groups are you closest to depends on the situation i'm definitely nigel with the brie you're nigel, yeah, yeah you're nigel with the brie sure. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've always been nigel with the brie don't pretend you've never been anything different <laughs> you were nigel with the brie at high school that's probably you and your little maths club <laughs> uh, yeah yeah you probably <laughs> no that's wrong i hosted the best parties everyone said so i oh, hosted okay. the best parties most people turn up to my parties they were just great okay Things get so defensive, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this party is off the wall. Mm-hmm. And I love that it's just in a in a mansion. Yeah. It's in a massive mansion, but also nobody bats an eyelid about it. And they're ready with like kegs of beer, sound systems, mm-hmm. um, all the cowboys have brought chewing tobacco. Yeah. <laughs> um everyone's ready to just do their version of a party. Yeah. Yeah, it's like five different parties happening at once on top of each other, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 insane. I think everyone in this film seems to live in a mansion it's, yeah. again it's you know american high school students where they, they all just seem to have own these palatial mansions and nobody has parents unless it's and while we're vaguely on topic oh my god how fancy was that school yeah oh god the school yeah i, I have a lot of questions about the school let's say yeah. what we're drinking is i have many questions about this okay school. sure sure yeah. sure <laughs> but anyway so the cat has reluctantly agreed to go to the party on mm-hmm. her own not with Heath Ledger. but while she's there she just gets completely wasted mm-hmm. she gets she gets white girl wasted <laughs> and uh, she ends up dancing on the table to a, um, I think a, a, a rap song, I think it's like Notorious B.I.G. or something. I can't remember. Uh, yes. Yeah, so she's doing a full, you know, table dancing moment, mm-hmm. uh, which the film lingers on a little bit more than I was comfortable with, but uh, way, way more than I was comfortable with. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause she, she does look 16. I don't know if she it, actually was. Yeah. yeah. It really undoes her character. Yeah. I don't mean, and you know, teenagers do get drunk and make fools themselves, but yeah, it, it, it does kind of humiliate her a little bit. And then she ends up falling off the table and banging her head and mm-hmm. kind of throwing up a bit. Yeah. And he fledger saves her. Like, mm-hmm. well, he, he takes her outside and he, you know, makes sure that she doesn't fall asleep and he looks after her. Yeah. And he's very, very gentlemanly about it. Oh, and, absolutely. And this is the scene where she finally starts to warm to him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so they, 
they kind of get to know each other a little bit. He drives her home and then mm-hmm. she goes in for a kiss and he he says no. Cause... I was waiting for a for a joke here. I was waiting for her, like, no, your breath stinks. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like she's already thrown up on his shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was just waiting for something like that, but no, there was nothing. No, he's just being very gallant. He's just like, no, you're too drunk. You, I don't think you'd make this choice if you were sober, so I'm going to be mm. a, a good person. I'm going to wait. And if you still want to kiss me, yeah. kiss me tomorrow. Yeah. But she doesn't take it very well. She gets very kind of embarrassed and angry. She storms off. And, mm-hmm. and then the next day... And then, she's, and she's still feuding the next day. Yeah, she's really angry. I mean, if, and she's embarrassed. You know, she's a teenager. She's embarrassed. I guess, yeah. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so she is... Yeah, the next day she's still completely freezing about and she's very angry and dismissive and mm-hmm. looks like he's missed his chance. So he oh and on the same night but so before we get to the next day same party bianca the other mm-hmm. sister she's there with joey the model mm-hmm. who she actually does fancy uh which just breaks <laughs> follow it's just, it's just funny whenever you describe him as a model well, I, yeah. I loved all the modeling scenes that he was doing yeah 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 yeah. here's me with sunglasses yeah here's me with underpants yeah well exactly he's like he's he's, he's a complete dull dud because he, he thinks he's the hot shit yeah uh, yeah so but bianca really fancies him which just breaks poor little joseph gordon levitt's heart mm-hmm. oh the scene that, like that face that heartbroken face that he does mm. well, that's very good pulls your heartstrings yeah I don't <laughs> flash we're getting flashbacks <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yes yeah, so, but then over the course of the night bianca realizes that he's that the joey the model is just really dull and uninteresting and self-absorbed and she mm-hmm. she doesn't particularly yeah she, she loses interest very quickly and then she kind of allows joseph gordon levitt to drive her home mm-hmm. and you're like okay now these two are gonna you know have a meet cute and get yeah get to know each other and realize they've got really good personalities and they're really good friends after mm-hmm. all it's gonna be a nice happy romance oh no that doesn't happen no no he just gives her this full incel like complete incel <laughs> like rant about how he's he's a nice guy and he's done all the right things he even mm-hmm. pretended to learn french and what was the point like <laughs> awful <laughs> awful yeah and i'm yeah. like oh god well she's gonna get out the car now and storm off and you've not yeah. been watching the right film no she's just like she's she suddenly finds this inexplicably in inexplicably irresistible and mm-hmm. kisses him yep and that's kind of the end of their arc for the rest of the film there's like an <laughs> hour love. Of, yeah there's, there's another hour of this film but they're, they're just in love now she's just into it like mm. i was like oh, that's the, the wrong lessons to be taken from joseph gordon levitt there like, yeah yeah but anyway so they're together now and the next day julia styles is still giving he fledged the cold shoulder mm-hmm. so he decides to attempt to win her back by uh, delivering a spirited performance of can't take my eyes off of you <laughs> the classic andy williams mm-hmm. swing song yeah well he pays off the entire <laughs> this scene like this is where i mean like money changing hands inexplicably <laughs> like he'll go to the effort of faking a whole relationship with trying to trick a girl into a relationship for ten dollars mm-hmm. How much does it cost him to get the band to do this for him? Um, I don't know. A full brass band yeah. <laughs> steps in and does the full routine to Can't Take My Eyes Off Of You. Mm-hmm. And he does the full song and dance on the bleachers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great. It is. This is one, this is one of those scenes because this was Heath Ledger's first American movie. Like the first thing anyone right, outside sure. Australia ever saw him in. So, yeah. you know, big break off. It was like he did this and then he did A Knight's Tale. And mm. then after that, he was a star. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you, you watch this and you're like, okay, yeah. This, this is why he got famous you know mm. it's such a good scene like the way he does it it's not just so much the singing which is fine it's the way he does when he's running away from all the cops and just all the physical comedy he does is so yeah. fun it's really really good it's, it's hilarious it's, it's a great, great scene yeah. yeah the pacing of it's great but yeah yeah like paying off the brass band yeah god knows <laughs> I, I mean maybe like they were already out there doing practice and they were already sure. learning that song yeah, yeah they'd have yeah. to yeah yeah he must have gone on to like what, what what songs are you are you, are you doing right now 
Oh, that's oh, thematically yeah, I, fitting I, with what I'm going for right now. Yeah, I? I guess I could sing that. That'd be quite perfect, actually. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. do that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Must be. <laughs> Only explanation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so this whole routine, it works for her. Yeah, oh, she's like, very impressed. Like she, she's, she's totally into it. And you know, to go back on what I said earlier, I guess this is the closest he comes to uh, being a little bit humiliated. Sure. But like, not really, because he just looks really fun and sexy and everyone loves it. Like, no, oh, one's true, la- true. no one's laughing at him. But if you compare it to the street cred that he had before, when yeah. he was like, oh, no, I couldn't be seen dead at that bar. Yeah, he's opening up his heart. Yeah, and now sure. he's like, oh, they were song and dance, man. But yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, everyone loves it. Like, it's not like yeah. anyone's like, oh, what a nerd. Like, I mean... I, but after you do a song and dance number like that, you're no longer this mysterious bad boy. True, 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 yeah. You're like, oh, you're that guy who did that dance for the girl. Oh. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he's kind of saying goodbye to all of that. But like I say, this is the only humiliation he gets in yeah. the entire movie, and it barely is. Yeah. Because everyone applauds him. <laughs> he does get dragged <laughs> off by the police, which I thought was a bit of, a little excessive for just a bit of singing. Like, yeah. what does he do wrong? I don't know, like... Is that song banned? Yeah, like yeah, like imagine you're a teacher at that school. Like, are you are you gonna stop him from doing it, or, or are you gonna just watch and enjoy it, yeah. like many other people, including adults, already are? Yeah, if I was a good teacher, I'd be like, hey, have you thought of joining band? <laughs> you got yeah. clear stage presence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he gets dragged into detention, mm-hmm. uh, where Julia Stiles comes up and in one of the most uncomfortable scenes in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Really I don't know how this got passed. Um, yeah, oh, you just know it wouldn't today. No, no, no. Today this Absolutely would be couldn't. problematic with a capital P. Yeah. Yeah, she goes to rescue him from detention by distracting the teacher by just fully showing her boobs to a 45-year-old man. Yeah. I mean, it builds up with like, she's feeling his muscles and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like she's, she's essentially, she's feeling up this teacher. Pretty much, yeah. Just to distract him while Heath Ledger jumps out of the window, mm-hmm. which he takes his goddamn time over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how difficult is it to find your way to a window and jump out i mean it seems this school is like six stories tall i don't know how how far he had to jump i mean the fact he did it like why hesitate anyway well sure yeah but yeah and so like she has to flirt with this teacher mm-hmm. feel him up a little bit and then not she- even a hot teacher like a gross older teacher yeah, yeah. um and then show him her breasts yeah in front of a whole class of people mm-hmm. who presumably all see the score as well yeah 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 and uh yeah it's uh not, it's not not great for her character, really, is it? No, no, and again, it's it's barely mentioned afterwards. It's mm. like it comes up very. She doesn't get in, even get into any trouble for it. No, like no. I guess the teacher's not going to tell anyone, but like nobody mentions. The only time it's mentioned again is like at the end of the film when Heath Ledger says, not, "There's not that many girls who'd get the who'd show a teacher their tits mm. for me, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> or something." I can't remember the exact. Flash, line. flash a teacher. Flash a teacher. Yeah. Didn't say tits, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like, that's it. It's like, oh great, that's another reason why she's so amazing. Yeah, she'll get her boobs out for a teacher. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, I'm talking a lot of shit about this movie. I laughed at every second. Oh, of no, it. this is very entertaining. Yeah, it's only yeah. it's only when you look back at it with a kind of a more critical eye. But no, it's nothing, nothing taken away. These are very charming and funny scenes. And it helps that the acting is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very true. These are all very charming people. So they, they, you can kind of you can kind of overlook it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, so he escapes from detention. And then they're just together. And they go on a like, nice romantic pedalo. <laughs> Green screen pedalos? <laughs> what, what was this? This date was bizarre. Of all the things for them to be doing, why a pedalo on the on what looks like the ocean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. They do that. They have like a little pedalo chat where they're just like, you know, a really rickety looking one as well. Just the two mm-hmm. of them awkwardly crammed onto a little bit of plastic with some pedals. Mm-hmm. Nothing holding them in. No. Right? Look, frankly dangerous. No. And, and yeah, it would have been at sea. I'd say it would have been very cold. <laughs> yeah. Seattle is a coastal city. Yeah, exactly. God I mean, America. I think it would have been in the bay. It would have been more safe, sure. But like, still, I don't know. Yeah. 
not, not my first idea for a hot date, but whatever. And then they get out, they get out of that, and then they go paintballing, mm-hmm. but not, 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 like, the, not as I understand paintballing. Yeah, me neither. I was like, oh yeah, paintball, this will be fun. Where are the guns what, here? What is it? it was paint. I've never seen this before it's in just, my life. It's just throwing balls of paint at each other. Yeah. And like, I feel like this would be for me because my the, my main issue with paintballing is that it hurts and I don't like anything that causes pain mm-hmm. to me. So this this kind of paintballing I would find to <laughs> so, be... Sorry, I just like the little caveat you threw in there. Uh, pain to me. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it hurts anyone, well, I don't care. But, yeah. but like this kind of paintballing, I don't think it'd be my favorite thing, but I could probably get on board of it if I wasn't wearing anything too nice. I get... <laughs> Um, I guess it's better for like a cutesy date. Yeah. Because it's just like a snowball fight, really. It is. It's a snowball fight with paint. I've never seen yeah. it before. No, me neither. But I don't know if it is a real thing or if it's just like for the purpose of this film, mm. like the two of them shooting each other with guns wouldn't quite have been as cutesy. <laughs> that wouldn't be quite... No. <laughs> wouldn't quite have the same impact, no. No. You know, because this is something where they can like throw paintball at each other and then roll over in the hay and snug. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but you can't really do that with like actual paintball guns. No, well, yeah. <laughs> it's like, ow, fuck, shit, that really hurt. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it does leave her with a fabulous die job. The multicolored <laughs> die job, like when she leaves the paintball thing when they're sat on the porch. The like, thing, no, I don't like it because the thing that distracted me was that there was red paint all around her ear and it just looked like her ear was bleeding. Oh, okay. I just, I couldn't get over that. So. Yeah, I, know, I thought the highlights in her hair looked pretty neat. So I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Her and Heath Ledger have a little heart-to-heart on the porch. And she, I think she kind of briefly accuses him of, like, maybe not being sincere or something. Like, she gets some suspicion and he's like, well, no, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, because, like, he asks her, so do you want to go to the prom? Then he thinks, like, okay, it's been a great day. This is mm. my moment to ask. Yeah. Do you want to go to the prom with me? And then she's like, nah, I think it's all, you know, too much of a, con- a social construct. And I, I don't want to go, which is what she was saying earlier in the film. Yeah. And he was like, oh, no, please, please go on. And then she's like, oh, so what? What, what, why, why do you want to go so much? What's in it for you? And she just kind of says that kind of innocently. Yeah. But then because there is something in it for him, like $100 or whatever, he suddenly gets all super defensive because he's actually really bad at lying. Yes. Um, well, he doubles down on his lies. Well, yeah. At this moment, yeah. But like before now, he's been completely confident and happy and everything, but then he's suddenly like, he's lying and it just, he's not good at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... You know, she doesn't know what the truth is, but she sees that he's lying pretty much straight away. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they fall out of that. They do fall out a little bit, but I think they do end up getting... They make up again, and she apologizes for mistrusting him, I think. Mm, yeah. And then they do go to the prom, and we get the, the high school prom scene, mm. which is, again, in this, like, concert hall. <laughs> like, I know Americans, like, really go push the boats out with these things, but mm-hmm. it just... I was like, what is this school? Yeah, What know. is this school? There's, like, a full band mm-hmm. like but it, even the band seems like a wedding band it doesn't mm. seem like you know a bunch of kids maybe playing a bit of punk music or something this is like yeah. a full scar band that you would hire at like a yeah a, a middle-aged person's wedding i was, I was thinking yeah because I, I looked at the band and i'm like okay that's like that's an eight piece like yeah that's a very that's a very good band well put together mm. like they're not young either they're all like in their 40s that's what or i mean something. they're like like imagine being in that band mm. be like why are we still doing proms? Yeah, ex- that's exactly <laughs> like, what I mean. That would be really degrading. That's what I mean. It's like, what a weird booking. Yeah. And then, so they're having a great time. This one band's playing and then another band comes on. Yeah. Who are like even more famous. Mm-hmm. It's like Saving Clear or something. They're a real band. Uh, yeah. And I assume they're real. Yeah, yeah. And and they're Julia Stiles' favorite band. She's yeah. like, oh my God, you're my favorite band. And Heath Ledger's like, oh yeah, I paid for them to come. Yeah. Like, what? Where? With what money? <laughs> Where did this come from? <laughs> you just paid like a... 
Just Headline act. Just, just out of his $100. Out of his $100. Just a little bit of side money, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the economics of this movie are bewildering, but whatever. Mm. So, And the thing is, when he buys that guitar for her at the end, and she's like, how could you possibly afford it? Like, what about everything else that he's bought he bought for a head he bought a headline act yes and like there's all the other stuff and he's like oh well i had some change from the hundred dollars that i was given mm-hmm. and like so how, how does the guitar cost like 30 cents this isn't the sequel i wrote but i kind of wish now i'd written a sequel where there's like a side plot where he fledges actually just breaking bad like he's just <laughs> selling meth that's yeah. he actually is as, exactly as dark as all the rumors are even more so Darker than these kids could even possibly imagine. He's not just missing one kidney, he's missing both. He's missing both, yeah. And he's just, yeah, he's got this whole he double life. He doesn't need kidneys. He's got ducks for kidneys. Yeah, well, okay, now you're just getting into the realms of the surreal, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love this idea that he's just like this like very high-wire drug dealer, which is why he's got all this money. So like, woo, mm. Julia Styles. But that's yeah. not the direction this movie takes. No. No. But yeah, at the prom, I think she overhears, because Joey the model, doesn't he, he kind of angrily confronts Heath Ledger because mm-hmm. it, it's not worked out with him and Bianca because Bianca's now dating Joseph Gordon-Levitt so Joey the model's like I paid you to do that and Julia Stiles overhears mm-hmm. and obviously is completely horrified and storms off mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it's, it seems like it's all over um, Joey the model also tries to pick a fight with Joseph Gordon-Levitt tries to push him down or does push him down and then Bianca punches him in the face mm-hmm. but then that's what at this point, I didn't know if Bianca already knew the whole story mm. behind what had happened. Because it feels like she learns at this point that Joseph Gordon-Levitt engineered the whole thing with her sister. Yeah. Which you'd think she'd be mad about, but she's just not just not, not even the slightest. Ah, oh, she just loves him so much. Yeah, he's just but so lovable. I did like, I mean, it's, again, it was, it was terrible for the character, but I really liked her best friend. Mm. Um, Gabriel Union, yeah. Yes, how... She's like, oh, if you're not going to go with him, the model, I've forgotten his name. Yeah, Joey. Um, yeah, then uh, can I? <laughs> like, please. And, like, sloppy she, and, first. Yeah, and like she's really sort of pleading. And it's like, <laughs> oh, God, you really want just like the sloppy seconds of, of, of your best friend, of this guy that you both know is a really bad guy. Yeah. Like, there'd be no secret that like he's just a, a dickhead of a model. And like he, I guess he paid his ledger as well. And yeah. like he's just an all round bad guy. But you really want him. Yeah, these these girls need to work on their self-esteem for yeah, real. Have some standards. Come yeah. on. <laughs> you know what it is? They need a better guidance counselor. Yeah. Alison Janney, not doing her job. <laughs> clearly. Clearly not doing her job. Not building these girls up in the slightest. I reckon she wrote this. Alison Janney wrote the screenplay. Well, I no, I, I, no, I mean her character. Her character could well have written the screenplay. Actually, now that I think about it, she is really bad for these girls' self-esteem. Because there's a scene, I think the first scene with Julia Stiles, mm-hmm. or one of the first scenes, when she goes to the, the guidance counsellor, mm-hmm. she says something like, you know, you've got a re- reputation about being around the school for being, well, a heinous bitch. <laughs> and, maybe you should, maybe, and maybe you should work on that. <laughs> Not like, you know, oh, you know, maybe be more confident or, and, you know, maybe you know, try and be more open to friendship. It's just like, no, you're a heinous bitch and you need to try and be better at not being a heinous bitch. So mm-hmm. like, really chipping away at these women's self-esteem. Whereas at the boys, she's like, oh yeah, they're all shitheads. Just boys will be boys. Like <laughs> toxic masculinity being taught in the school. 100%. Mm. Yeah. So I hear you were terrorizing Mr. Morgan's class again. Expressing my opinion is not a terrorist action. The way you expressed your opinion to Bobby Ridgeway. By the way, his testicle retrieval operation went quite well, in case you're interested. I still maintain that he kicked himself in the balls. The point is, Kat, 
people perceive you as somewhat... Tempestuous? Heinous bitch is the term used most often. You might want to work on that. Uh, yeah, so that's it's all fallen apart now. Cat and um, Heath Ledger, they have mm-hmm. fully broken up. And we have some more sad, sad school scenes where they're just in class together and they're not talking and she's yeah. really upset. Yeah. And then in English, she gets up and she reads out her terrible, terrible poem. Oh my God, it was so bad. And this is where the title of the movie, movie comes from. Mm-hmm. I was I couldn't really figure out why. Well, because it, was... it felt really crowbarred in. Well, yes, it was. Absolutely. But... It was, well, yeah, it was just a list of things that she doesn't like about Heath Ledger. Sure. But told in a poetic way that, like, even though I don't like all these things about you, I do actually like you. Yeah. I still love you. She says through her tears. Yeah. And it was no good. It was the cherry on top of the uh, bad character writing for her. Yeah. But the thing that annoyed me the most, there were 15 things. (laughs) <laughs> there weren't even 10 <laughs> i guess it doesn't I guess it doesn't that, roll off the tongue sure no it's not not not, not a great poster title but <laughs> no but 15 but it feels like it kind of feels like the title of this movie came first and then like, oh we need to figure out a way to insert this into the movie so mm. make her write a poem yeah i, I don't know where this I, I, maybe there's a simple explanation i don't know where where this title came from because mm. it doesn't really fit with the rest of the movie no because it because it's, is... it's not about hate no, the, the movie, if the movie was like overly, about the list. And it's not overly about love. No, well, it's, yeah, it, it's basically a rewrite of the tearing of the Shrew. And I guess mm. they just couldn't figure out a way to like re reword that in a way that would sound high school and hip. So yeah, I guess it, I guess it kind of rhymes, doesn't it? The tearing of the Shrew, 10 things I hate about you. It's the clip maybe. Yeah, sure. That's the only thing I can think of. Like it kind of sounds the same, but it really feels like this poem was like crowbarred in. Yeah. Like really crowbarred in. Yeah. And it's a shame because you're right, it does make her character even weaker when she yeah. just kind of, she just has a big, she's, she's like, I can't believe I still love him. Wah. And then <laughs> that's literally it. And then she runs off to the, the car and then he, yeah. And then he, he does apologize to her, mm-hmm. sort of, buys her a guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess showing that he respects her interests. So, yeah, mm-hmm. little things there. And, uh, and yeah, they kiss and they live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Credits roll. Uh, the band from the Parama now playing on the roof. I don't know if Heath Ledger's paid for that or not. But <laughs> it's quite a good shot. Like, yeah, it's a really good shot. Yeah, they actually had to get a helicopter to shoot that. Yeah, I was, I was wondering how they got the band up there because like, there's not much roof access there. Yeah, no, and it's a very tall roof and there's no rails or anything. Yeah, no, this, so the shot was done with a helicopter. So they got, you know, yeah. like, with cameramen inside. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently the director told the band, like, you need to get this right because it costs us half a million dollars every time we do this so really yeah so so the, <laughs> the lead singer was like she saw this helicopter coming like swooping towards her very yeah. close and she's like it was terrifying i don't know if it was like out of control or anything but i just knew that if i tried to move i'd cost the company half a million so yeah. whoa it's a high pressure gig <laughs> <laughs> wow for a shot that doesn't really make any sense it's a nice shot so what like half a million just for one like flyover from a helicopter. I like, don't know. Does apparently. it really cost another half million to just get it to get the helicopter to circle around and do it again? Maybe they just told her that. I don't know. That, that's just what it said on IMDb. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Cool. so there you go. Helicopters are pricey. I'm, yeah. I'm sure filmmakers are so happy they've got drones now. Yes. yes. Like, <laughs> they just cost a few hundred. <laughs> Much less distracting for the artists as well. Yeah. Just a tiny little <laughs> little thing buzzing around them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, so Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles end up together, as do. Joseph Gordon-Levitt and the other sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a the subplot we didn't even talk about at all about David Krumholtz and his and Julia oh, Stiles' yeah. friend who's has a crush on actual Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
very so, and so then he starts going by the name William and for the prom he's he's not dressed up as William Shakespeare. No, he's not dressed as Shakespeare which, at all. Which I was I, I just didn't understand. Like, why are you not dressed as Shakespeare? He just it, seems to write to these weird little love notes in iambic pentameter. Yeah, I mean I'm guessing that he was dressed as a character from a Shakespeare play. Possibly, yeah. I, I didn't recognize which one. Yeah, he? exactly. I didn't. He I didn't, didn't have like an ass's head or something, like one of the famous ones, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was nothing like that. And she was referring to him as William. Yeah. So like, okay, so it like you, you love Will Shakespeare, and he's going to be your Will Shakespeare. Fine, I get it. But just do the look. Yeah. It's a famous look. I wanted more of that plot line. I felt like it was very underwritten. Mm, yeah. For something so odd. <laughs> yeah. But also, this film was one hour 37. I, I respect I, that. Yeah. And I wouldn't want it to be longer. No, I agree. These, these kind of movies, benef- more than any others, benefit from being brief. Yeah. Nobody wants to wants a two and a half hour teen rom-com. No. Has there been one? Oh, sure there has. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> so I'm, I'm just picturing what a film like this, but directed by Zack Snyder, would look like. Yeah. <laughs> more people would explode. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to see drinking games? Sure, yeah. Hit me. So, first of all, drink for non-teen teens. Drink for non-teen teens. You have that as well. Drink every time you see a 35-year-old extra in high school. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's me. Sorry. Uh, drink. <laughs> sorry. I'm not used to being sober doing this. Uh, <laughs> I'm really bewildered. Uh, drink for bad teaching. Mm. It's been discussed. Obviously, we've got Alison Janney as the very unprofessional guidance counselor yes yeah. we've got the we've got the english teacher who's who who basically whenever julia style says anything even like oh thank god that, that's gonna be really interesting to learn about go to go go outside leave yeah. my leave my classroom now yeah he just, he just hates it he's got a yeah. personal vendetta against him yeah. yeah also he ledger just walks in out of his class at random and he barely no one no one cares no one cares yeah. yeah there's obviously the worst of all the teachers is the PE teacher who mm-hmm. just looks at a girl's boobs <laughs> Doesn't doesn't say hey you shouldn't do that that's inappropriate you just mm-hmm. like score yeah yeah yeah, yeah th- this school has some issues I really do think there's a lot of problems with the teaching in this school yeah absolutely um, drink for comical accents comical accents which mm-hmm. ones tickled you uh, the my favorite one was the uh, archery teacher oh yeah <laughs> that was sort of a random little scene it really was it's yeah when, when someone gets shot with an arrow again <laughs> you'd think that'd be quite a big issue in the school you know, <laughs> insurance or you know ambulance but yeah just, i don't i don't know happens in the background she just accidentally shoots a guy in the ass mm-hmm. i do archery in school i know again what is this school yeah what is this school of all the things to learn archery yeah like the most we did was javelin and yeah. then when that apparently got too dangerous there was a there, there was a myth or rumor i don't know that uh, somebody once got a javelin through the neck. Oh, that was a, re- a rumor in every school. Harry. Cool, cool, never cool. actually happened. Um, and uh, that's when all the javelins got replaced with foam javelins. Yeah, <laughs> it was hilarious because sometimes you'd throw it and the wind would catch it and it would just go behind you. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be like, okay, so I I scored minus five meters. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, not good. Um, drink for side characters. Drink for side characters. Sure, this movie has a lot of yeah. They come and go. They've mm. got a lot. Yeah, as you mentioned, you've got. I guess David Krumholtz is a side character. He's like the, mm. the, the he's definitely the, the the sidekick who kind of pulls all the strings without actually having any kind of particular motivation for being a part of the story. Yeah. Um, I guess he just wants friends. He just wants to hang out. He likes yeah. having friends. He wants revenge on Nigel and the Brie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Whenever you see like the Cowboys, for example. Yeah. Or, oh, the Clicks. Yeah. Or the Rastafarians, because yeah. they, they all come back a little bit. The mid- so. Heath Ledger's middle-aged punk mate. Mm, yeah. He's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very good. Drink for questionable feminist lessons. We've discussed it already. We <laughs> drink every time the women or the girls in this film are 
given bad messages and the film doesn't doesn't really take many pains to correct them in any way mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah uh drink for inappropriate teacher student behavior yeah i mean i file on the bad teaching well absolutely certainly mm-hmm. drink every time there is a shakespeare quote or reference oh yeah there's quite a few lines that are quite clearly just taken from the shakespeare play or possibly other shakespeare plays mm-hmm and yeah, there's, there's a lot, obviously the reference of the one girl who's got a crush on William Shakespeare. And yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot of sprinkled in there. They let you know what, where mm-hmm. it's all coming from for sure. Yeah. yeah. The, um, the, the, the bad guy's surname is, is Verona. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. It's Verona. The school's like Pangea high or something. It's mm-hmm. all, it's all references. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, drink for kissing. Drink for kissing. Yeah. Yep. Well, a lot of it. A lot of it. it and, the, and, and a lot of it is that very teenage kissing where they just go straight in for a snog and it looks awful. Yeah, it's just, it's just like straight like that. <laughs> tongue yeah. right down. Yeah. yeah, no foreplay, just straight no. tongue down the throat. Just tonsil tennis from the get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> There's another awkward scene at the party when some drunk girl tries to like kiss Heath Ledger and he just kind of, oh, yeah. he literally just shoves her onto another guy Yeah, and the guy kisses her and kind of goes, thank you. And you're like, oh, that's kind of creepy, but I guess that's kind of funny. Yeah. And then 10 minutes later, the movie's still going and the party's like, been going on for a few hours clearly everyone's a lot drunker mm-hmm. and then they're just like same couple are just like about to clearly about to have sex and mm-hmm. the guy grabs Heath Ledger again and goes no for real thank you I'm like, like, <laughs> I'm like date rape this is date rape <laughs> someone rescue that girl like, yeah it's it's weird it's it's odd yeah there's yeah. a lot of that, I keep saying there's a lot of oddness in this movie so, yeah. <laughs> drink every time you wonder what the hell is going on at this high school mm-hmm. yeah just, it just seems like a very strange place. Like, you know, the, yeah. the teachers are all very much checked out. It mm-hmm. seems to vary in size dramatically. It's <laughs> absolutely massive in certain scenes. Like, well, I, I, I looked it up. Like, it is a real high school. Oh, is it? Wow. Um, and it does have that, uh, that, that, that football ground as well that's really amazing. And like, the whole thing's on a cliff oh um, in Seattle. It looks proper fancy. So it probably is like a big private school then, yeah? I would assume so, yeah. Yeah. But also, like, all the shots in this, they make it look like it's, like, probably got a massive grounds or, like, it's in the middle of the countryside or something. But, like, if the helicopter was facing the other way, it's just in a regular, like, city block. Oh, sure, yeah. It's, um, it's cleverly framed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, that school, it just, it looks amazing. Yeah. Imagine going to school there. I don't know, yeah. All these American schools, they feel, because I went to quite a relatively small school. I feel like you'd just be, be so intimidating to mm-hmm. be in such a giant, like, fat, hundreds and thousands of people. Pupils, yeah. like... Like th- those are the sort of buildings I expect to be universities. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where you maybe know eight or ten people, and yeah. everyone else is a complete stranger to you. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. might know a fraction of a percentage of the of the yeah. students there. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, yeah, this one, everyone seemed to just know everybody. It was yeah. weird. Um, drink for a myth. A myth. Yeah. So, like, there's a lot of you know he's only got one kidney and stuff like oh that. i see yeah and, and there's myths about julia styles as well yeah i, think. I like that actually i like because that was something that was very true of high school where you know kids just spread random tall tales yeah, and stuff about the javelin <laughs> yeah exactly yeah urban myths and stuff so yeah that was good uh my last one is drink every time money changes hands oh yeah yeah because like i said there's lots of i mean there's the literal bartering for julia styles virginity mm-hmm. but also yeah Heath Ledger seems to have an at certain points in the movie an inexhaustible amount of money mm. He can afford to pay for top flight bands. He can afford to buy a guitar. He can do all sorts. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I just I just thought it would be constant exchanging of money was kind of a funny little runner in this film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last one I got is drink for a dodgy lip sync. Drink for dodgy lip syncing. Is that when Heath's uh, Can't Set My Eyes Off for You? Yeah, absolutely. There's a, I think all the bands as well. Like, oh, they're, sure, yeah. Like they're not all perfectly lined up. And it's like, yeah, oh, I'm sure, can, yeah, I can tell that you're real bands, but this just isn't quite working for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. 
Um, cool. Well, if you want any more drinking games, you, the listeners, you want to hear some more things, more things we've got to say about drinking games, more sequel ideas, and more listen submissions, then if you go to patreon.com slash set, subscribe for as much or as little as you think they were worth, you can get extended versions of this very episode that you're listening to. You can also get a bonus show called Beyond Beyond the Box Set, where we review recent releases. And also once a month, you can have a 30-second advert slot on the main show and talk about your own podcast, your own business, whatever you want to chat about. Um, and uh, yeah, all that available at patreon.com slash set. Indeed. Let's see, Alex. Uh, what do you think of Jaws, which is at 97% Rotten Tomatoes? I find it to be anti-shark propaganda. What do you feel about the Entourage movie, which is at a meager 33%? I think they finally got Hollywood right. How about It Follows, 97%. Worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk. How do you feel about Juno, which is at 94%? That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, how about Bewitched at 25%? Best television adaptation ever put to film. How do you feel about American Hustle? The towering 93%. Overwrought awards bait. Righteous Kill, 19%. The movie that Michael Mann wishes he had made when he created Heat. Sounds about right. I'm Julio. I'm Alex, and we are the Contrarians. As you can tell, our thing is that we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. Regardless of what we really feel. Find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn. Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. Okay, so sequel ideas. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go first? Go? I can go first, it's for you. Yeah, sure. Okay, great, I'll go first then. So I have gone, predictably enough, for a direct sequel to this. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's 20 years have passed, so 1999 to 2009, but... Mm-hmm. No, sorry, to 2019, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. But it, it could be any time, it doesn't, it's not particularly specific, so mm-hmm. roughly 20 years have passed, so let's mm-hmm. just bring them close up to present day. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be centered around Julia Stiles' character. Mm-hmm. Obviously we can't, have it still be with Heath Ledger because he has mm-hmm. sadly passed. Uh, but actually, I think that kind of makes sense. I don't think that's too difficult to write around because I don't really feel like this movie was telling us that they were going to be together forever. Oh, I think it was. Well, not I mean that kind of high schooly like, oh, well, we're still together at the NDA. But like, yeah. it felt like a high school relationship that would run its course, I think. Okay, yeah, sure. I, I don't think it's too hard to believe that they would not stay together and, you know, and they would, mm. you know, she goes away to college at a certain point mm-hmm. and she's going to oh, have yeah, a true. life. Yeah. yeah. And actually, my thought is that she did, she moved, because that was another plot line that was kind of, we didn't discuss too much because it wasn't terribly interesting, but her dad wanted her to stay local mm-hmm. and she wanted to go to the other side of the country, like a posh university somewhere else. Yeah. And eventually the dad lets her go. Whatever. So I'm saying she did move away from university. Mm-hmm. And so she's been living her life away from home for 20 years now. Um, and now she's living a high powered life in New York. Mm-hmm. I think she should be running... Her, her own publishing house that specializes in feminist literature or something like that. You know, mm. something. So she's still got that fiery spirits that she had in the original movie, but she's yeah. also like living the high life and like very, like, you know, very businessy corporate world kind of thing. She's not with Heath Ledger anymore, like I said. And I think she might even now have come out as a lesbian. Sure. I, think, I think those signs were there. And I think a few more years of self-discovery, maybe she, uh, she decides she prefers women. Sure thing. Know, she did love that bar and all those, not that, you know, everyone who's into going to riot girl stuff it's necessarily a lesbian but i just thought yeah <laughs> sure maybe yeah, yeah. She'd, who knows yeah, now that works that doesn't actually play much into this the rest of my plot though but i'm thinking we're going to catch her at kind of a low moment in her life so she's at this you know she's moved away she's built this new life for herself and at the beginning of the movie this sequel it's all going to tumble down a little bit mm-hmm. so her publishing house is going to go out of business mm-hmm. maybe she's going to publish a book that's like a complete flop and it just like she really believes in but it just doesn't sell and it gets bad reviews 
and it bankrupts the whole company. Mm. So then she, her business is crumbling. Her long-term girlfriend dumps her, leaves her, so she's single again. And uh, yeah, things are looking tough. And then she gets a phone call from Bianca, her sister, who is still living back in the old town, back in Seattle. Hasn't she never mm-hmm. really moved away? Yeah. And uh, she actually married Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and they have a teenage son of their own now. Right. And so, yeah, she calls Kat, and she kind of complains that, you know, she's having to do all the work now because their their father is still there, but he's quite old now. He's, like, in his late 70s, mm. and he's in, like, relatively poor health. So he needs a lot of – he needs kind of help around the house and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Bianca's like, I have to do everything, and I just can't take anywhere. I need some support. And so because Kat's in a kind of a low point anyway and she's got no money coming in and she's got nothing going on in New York, she reluctantly agrees to come home for a few months and helps look after her dad yeah. while, while he's while he's unwell. So she does. She reluctantly, half-heartedly travels back to the town from the original review in, in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And so she comes back home. She moves in with her father, helps him out a little bit and reconnects with the family, mm. including her sister. And her sister confesses that... Her and Joseph Gordon-Levitt have been having a hard time in their own marriage because they've been together for a long time now. And their son is a teenage boy and he's been acting quite strange. Like he's been very withdrawn and he's not really talking to them very much and he seems really upset. Mm. And they're really concerned that he might be getting really horribly bullied or be caught up in something. Like they don't know. So so Bianca asks Kat to help out. And she says, actually, I've heard rumors that Miss Perky, the guidance counselor, Mm -hmm. is finally retiring. Right, okay. Because she's finally sold, she's finally made millions from selling her erotic novels <laughs> on the post Fifty Shades of Grey kind of wave of popularity for mm-hmm. those kind of books. So she's she's made it and she's finally retiring, which means there's a there's a spot in the school for a part time guidance counselor, sure. which you could totally do while looking after dad. You know, that could be another thing that you do. Yeah. So Kat reluctantly agrees to apply for a job as the guidance counselor at the school. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be really fun because she's such a catty. Oh, that's a bad. <laughs> Well, I didn't mean that pun. She, 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 she's really icy and she just, you know, she doesn't take any shit. Like, I think yeah. if she's still that grumpy all the time and just, you know, says what she thinks, that she could be like a really harsh guidance counselor. Mm, yeah. that could, that could, and she could like really, you know, make some good relationships with the kids. Yeah, that would be a really good role for her. Yeah, exactly. So she takes that role. And I think she gets hired very easily because David Krumholtz is now the head teacher. Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. I think maybe it's a good excuse for bringing him back. Mm. And also he could be like, offer the role as kind of a way of apologizing for his role in mm. he could offer her, he could offer her the job as his way of apologizing for his role in you know basically yeah that whole thing to boss of her virginity which mm. he's still pretty mad about you know mm-hmm. so um yeah so he gives her the job as the guidance counselor even though she's not particularly qualified and so she starts working as the guidance counselor for the school and nice. i think there could be a whole yeah plot at this part of the movie where she's getting to know all these troubled kids and giving them really harsh advice, but maybe some of it works and she helps some of them out. Mm-hmm. And that's the first part of the movie. So then the situation with her nephew, Bianca's son, mm. she does some digging and it turns out that he's not actually being bullied or anything too bad. He's just madly in love with a, with a girl. Yeah. And this girl, no matter what he does, no matter how many schemes he tries to pull, no matter how many like lies he tells or whatever, she, she's just, she's not interested. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, he's tried with his mates to do all those kind of, high school hijinks rom-coms to kind of like trick her into falling for him and julia styles gives him like a a bit of tough love and says look just ask her out if she says no respect her wishes and then leave her alone and maybe someone else will come around come along yeah yeah and so yeah she, she she's like you know what people screwed around with me when i was in high school it, it wasn't fun it sucked don't mm. don't be an incel like your dad mm-hmm. which is not what you <laughs> which you know you, 
is not what you expected to hear at all. But no. uh, yes, I think she she sets him straight, and then she tells her sister Bianca, "There's nothing to worry about. He's just it's just puppy love. He's not in anything any serious bad shape." And yeah. like, I've set him on the right path and all this yeah. kind of stuff. So so Bianca is very um, it's very grateful that her sister has done this for him, for her. So to thank her, the two the two sisters decide to go for a, a night on the town. They go to maybe that same lesbian bar or whatever thing, but they go to a bar in town, mm-hmm. have a few drinks, just get caught up because they've not really spent a lot of quality time together in a while. Mm-hmm. So while they're there at the bar, uh, Bianca briefly excuses herself and goes to the bathroom, leaving Kat alone at the bar. Mm-hmm. And while she's alone at the bar, a familiar figure shuffles up or slinks up behind her, mm-hmm. puts an arm around her. She turns around. It's Joey, the model. Nice. 20 years later, Joey, the model. Yep. Although, Sadly, the years have not been terribly kind. Oh, dear. Joey the model has not aged well. Mm-hmm. He's not nearly as sexy as he was. Mm-hmm. But in his own mind, he's still like hot stuff. Yeah. So he's like, I'm thinking like a classic <laughs> sleaze ball, you know, like. <laughs> I'd love it if she turns around. He's already posing. Yeah, you know, he is. He yeah. still thinks he, he still thinks he's delusional. Mm-hmm. He still thinks he's like the sexiest thing in town, but he's completely not. He's just a, a yeah. classic sleaze, you know, really repugnant. And, and she's obviously gives him absolutely nothing back like she yeah. just like ices him she's like not interested but he kind of like he's probably drunk as well or half drunk mm-hmm. and he kind of he's like well you change your mind and leaves and gives her his number basically mm-hmm. and then he kind of shuffles off i don't know and then bianca comes back and cat tells what's happened she's mm-hmm. like you won't you'll never believe who just tried to hit on me mm-hmm. and then bianca looks and sees and she's like oh he just did the exact same thing to me <laughs> sounds like he gave his number to both of them. Mm-hmm. And they're both just like, really like, oh, what a sleaze, what a loser. Mm. And so then they decide, you know, he's always been a piece of shit. He's always been trash. Mm-hmm. Why did we get some, why, why don't we have some fun? Why don't we get some revenge on him? Oh dear. Mm-hmm. This isn't going to go well. No. So they devise a plan where they both text him back the next day separately, mm-hmm. pretending that they are actually interested in meeting him mm-hmm. and that they were really at, at the same time and they're gonna well, no they, they they stagger it it's not like two, oh, okay it's not know. it's not a doubtfire situation no, no 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 they're both individually pretending so yeah i think oh that'd be a reverse doubtfire would it no what no. with two people pretending to be the same person yeah yeah no no no. they're both being yeah. themselves there's no <laughs> secret identities here okay okay yeah so they both decide to pretend that they actually are interested and to manipulate him into making a fool of himself yeah so first of all Bianca, the uh, Bianca, she texts him and says that she's interested and ask, asks him to send her some erotic photos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she thinks, oh, well, we'll just laugh at these. It'll be hilarious because he's yeah. such 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 a gross slime slimeball. And so he does. He sends her some very embarrassing, like attempted sexy photos that he thinks are really sexy. Unfortunately for Bianca, she kind of does this, but she she's also a busy working mom. You know, she forgets what she she kind of forgets about the prank mm. and kind of puts her phone down for a little while mm-hmm. uh, and who should catch sight of it, but Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Mm, and suddenly dear. he thinks that his wife he's is having, having a, an affair with Joey, the model yep. who obviously back in the day was her love interest. So he's like very insecure. Yeah. And he, he doesn't tell her that he knows, but he's just very depressed. He's like, Oh my God, my wife's having an affair with Joey. Mm. So that makes him very depressed. At the same time, Kat also texts Joey, the model and invites him to come and meet her for some sexy times in the old school gymnasium. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she instructs him to meet her there at a certain time and to get naked and to, and to wait for him there, wait yeah. for her there yeah. and that she would meet him and they'd have some fun. So he goes at the allotted time. He breaks into the school, sneaks into the gymnasium, gets naked and then poses in what he thinks is like a sexy pose on across the bleachers, just, you know, <laughs> doing it all. Unfortunately, as soon as he got, he's got comfortable, 
the doors swing open, the lights come on, and the entire brass band comes marching in. Because <laughs> she's timed it perfectly so that he would arrive and get like in a compromising position mm. just minutes before the brass band rehearsals yeah. start, basically. Got it. Yeah. So he's forced to like grab his clothes and run out naked out of the school mm-hmm. and just go running through the streets naked, you know, trying try to hide, you know, completely humiliated. Please tell me you just hear a trombone go. Of course you do. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe there's like some, he's running, he has to run across like the school and, and like his bits are <laughs> camouflaged by trombones. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it's all that. Yeah. So he runs out the school. He's naked. He's humiliated, mm-hmm. but he doesn't, he's still too delusional to realize that the girls have actually deliberately embarrassed him. He thinks right. oh, it must've just been a bad look, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and he, he texts Cass and she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. They, they caught me on the way in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's still trying to string him along a little bit. Mm-hmm. So then Bianca texts him and says, come over to my place. Mm-hmm. My husband's out. Let's yeah. have some fun. Yeah. So he comes around to her place. And again, she makes, she waits till he gets all naked. Mm-hmm. And then just as they're about to do the deed, the front door slams mm-hmm. and Bianca's like, oh my God, shit, my husband's home. You mm-hmm. have, to have to leave right now. Mm. And he's like, well, I can't I get dressed first. And she's like, no, 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 no. And she basically pushes him out the window into the garden. Right. Yeah. Again, fully naked okay. in full daylight. Once yep. again, he's humiliated. Yep. And then Kat comes running up the stairs because it was her who slammed the door. Mm-hmm. And the two sisters are just basically pointing and laughing at him. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? No. And now he knows that they're, you know, <laughs> they're, just, they're just very pleased with this prank that they pulled. It's so hard. It's very mean. I yeah. Know. <laughs> But as they're like laughing at poor Joey as he's trying to put his clothes back on and scurry away humiliated, mm-hmm. the door, the front door slams again. Mm-hmm. And this time it really is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. And he is hammered. Right. Because he's okay. having found out that as, as far as he's concerned, that his wife is having an affair. Mm-hmm. He's gone on a complete drunk and depressed spiral. Mm-hmm. And he's just gone to a bar and drowned his sorrows. And now he's hammered. And he starts accusing Bianca of having an affair. And he's crying. And he's mm-hmm. like, and then the two sisters realize, okay, we went too far. Yeah. This prank went way too far. <laughs> And so Bianca explains that, no, we were just doing a prank and we weren't actually, no, no, there's no affair. Nobody's cheated on you. Mm. Thinking about it, what we did was pretty cruel. Mm-hmm. So they apologize to Joey and they throw, their, throw his clothes back to him so he can have, he can have his dignity. <laughs> and, uh, they t- I like the idea that he's just still waiting outside the he's window. Got no like clothes. Stark, Stark yeah, he's got no clothes. He's got no clothes. He's, he's trapped. He's hiding in a bush. Yeah. Sorry, here's, here's a scarf. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> They're not too nice. To Put him. your hat on. They're not too nice to him, but they, they take some pity on him. Yeah. And, uh, and here's yes. one sock. Yeah. So they vow to end their pranking ways and stop playing with people's emotions. Yeah. And they both put their arms around a very bewildered Joseph Gordon Levy who doesn't mm-hmm. really understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. And they agree to take him for a, a nice dinner to sober him up a little bit. <laughs> and then the credits roll. And uh, so you might be wondering where all that came from. Yeah. <laughs> That is a loose retelling of another Shakespeare play called <laughs> The Merry Wives of Windsor. Okay. Cool. Yeah, all the mistaken identities and the, that's why it was a little bit more convoluted than usual. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm going to call that 10 things I hate about you two, the Merry Wives of Wisconsin. Sure. I mean, and Wisconsin's not the same state, but no, I, no. I couldn't think of any beginning with W. So. Wyoming. Wyoming. That's even further away. I don't know. Maybe they've moved. Yeah. Wait, why does it need to be the, uh, it's the, the, the original play is the Merry Wives of Windsor. So All I'm just right. trying to make it sound the same. Oh, this works very well because Seattle's in Washington State. Oh, perfect then. I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were trying to not use the word Washington or something. Oh, no, that's even yeah. better. The Merry Wives of Washington State. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. I didn't even know that. Fantastic. <laughs> Lesson learned. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. That's that. Cool. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, you've actually got a better title than me because I 
um, tried to come up with some titles before coming up with an idea, mm-hmm. then came up with an idea that wasn't related to any title, and then forgot to write a, total, a title for my idea. Okay. <laughs> so Well, we'll come back. Maybe we'll yeah. be able to figure something out. So I came up with, title-wise, 10 more things I hate about you. Oh, original. Yeah, yeah. very yeah. good. Um, 10 things I hate about your son. Don't know where that Harsh. Came. I don't well, know where that came from. Mean, yeah. um, and uh, 10 things I hate about the flu. <laughs> I mean, are all these titles for the same plot? Or? I didn't do it. I didn't know. No. Okay, I was going to say, these are just titles. Yeah. Okay, fine. Same thing that I hate about the flu sounds like a slightly... A coronavirus thing. Or... Yeah, like a, a slightly offhand coronavirus <clears throat> story. Like, yeah. A bit I know. dismissive, but whatever, yeah. I know. Well, anyway, that's nothing, and that's not related yeah. to anything I've done intentionally. Okay. Um, so, also 20 years later, mm-hmm. also done a sequel, um, Julia Stiles is now the mother of two boys. Okay. Heath Ledger... He sadly passed away. Yeah. Because I was thinking it also does kind of line up to another single parent story. It kind of rhymes with the oh, first one. Oh, sure. Because their mother had either died or left. So now, mm. okay. So he's just, so he is, he did marry Julia Stiles or yeah. stay, at least they had two children and now he's passed away and now she's a single mother. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that's yeah. a setup. So yeah. you can have like a, a couple of family pictures of him just on the wall. In yeah, the sure. Like, oh, yeah, it could be nice. Nice little a nod. Unfortunately, he seems to have very weak genes because I've not cast any sort of hunking Australians as as his his two children. Okay. Um, I've actually uh, cast the uh, the Lannister boys from Game of Thrones, Joffrey and Tommen. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, I can kind of see he, he was very blonde. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting um, choice. Just because I was. It's it's Charlie uh, Joffrey is about twenty five now. The actor. Uh, yeah, I looked it up. He's actually twenty eight, and uh, <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> um, and and the other guy's twenty three. Um, uh, Jack Leeson, who did Joffrey, like he's not actually acting anymore, but like they both still look very boyish. Sure, yeah. I mean, it, it's a classic. You know, it wouldn't be the first teen movie to cast someone pushing thirty as a teenager. So no, exactly. But uh, yeah, so they had two boys, mm-hmm. and so instead of it being about two daughters and them dating and going to prom and stuff it's gonna switch around a little bit okay so is it girls trying to manipulate so that they can win dates with boys well i'll let me get into it okay so yeah prom is coming up for uh the younger one i've not actually given them names i'll use actor names okay so tom and D- uh, tom or dean yeah sorry <laughs> dean yeah dean's um such a weird name for a young dean's such a middle-aged man name to me is it yeah i don't know don't know any young deans but go on Anyway, so yeah, Dean is about 16 and uh, Jack is about 18. Okay. So prom is coming up for Dean and wouldn't you know it, he really wants to take this uh, this 15-year-old girl to prom. Ooh, but, uh, creepy. Okay. But, well, it's not. But Julia Stiles, she's really against it. Okay. So the girl I've cast for this is uh, Millicent Simmons, who you probably know from A Quiet Place. Oh, yeah. Um, How old's she in real life? 18. Okay. So slightly closer to the actual age. Sure, sure, sure. But also not a ridiculous age for the two of them. Okay. But anyway, he makes the argument that like there was only one year between them, so it's, I, sh- I should be allowed to take her, mm-hmm. and then maybe in so the... she younger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, one year younger than him. Like she's fifteen, he's sixteen. Sure. Okay. And I'm thinking like in this scene, maybe she's there too, saying like, "Please let us go to prom together." Or something oh, so they like do that. like each other, but Julia Styles is yeah. just like, "No, my yeah. sons don't date." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, she's like taken after her own father and become overprotective. Basically. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Because yeah. like she's seen, like she's seen what boys can turn into at, at, at that sort of age okay. when they go to parties and things go wrong and she doesn't want that for for her sons okay um and so, the best way to stop that happening is just to repress it <laughs> um <clears throat> i guess yeah. yeah so yeah the two of them uh they plead and plead with her as in dean and uh the girl mm-hmm. they plead and plead with her and she eventually bends and says fine 
but only if your older brother Jack is there too. He's pretty sensible. Also, he needs to go with someone. It's about time he made some friends. Is it? Is this? Is the reason you've done this cast? Is he like very much like Joffrey, and that he's like no. pure evil? No, 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 not at all. Um, I think I like that though. <laughs> like if instead of just being like you know, oh, she's too outspoken and she's too, she's just not interested in boys. Or he's just not interested in girls, whatever, you know, whatever. It's like, oh yeah, your brother needs a date because he's like, I'm pretty sure he's a psychopath. He's, <laughs> he, he needs to get laid and quickly. Like this is, <laughs> this is dangerous for us all. I mean, I've not got much more before I've just got the word improv written down. Okay. Um, so <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can, if we can fold that in. So yeah, after uh, the mum says this, Dean and his girlfriend, they both give a look of despair because they know that, uh, that his older brother Jack is a bit of a recluse. Sure, mm. he's sensible, but he doesn't get on with people very well. Yeah. Um, because he's evil. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day we meet him. He's a goth. Oh, okay. He has tattoos and piercings and wears guy liner. He spends his break times in in the detention room, not because he's misbehaved, but because he likes to be around sad people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Feeding off their sadness. Yeah. yeah. In school, he mostly excels in art, and in his spare time in his attic bedroom, he paints the people he's been looking at in detention. Maybe there's a lot of red paint involved, okay, let's just yeah. say. He's not mute, but he may as well be, because he's the only person he'll ever talk to is his brother. Okay. He's very antisocial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, Julia Stiles was pretty outspoken. Mm. That certainly wasn't a problem for her. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so at one point during a sports lesson, um, all the non-sporty slash interesting people are sat at the side of the pitch that so don't, don't get beat up. That's a little uh, insight into my high school days. Aww. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dean pays one of the other girls to go and speak to his older brother and ask if he'd like to go to the party on Saturday. Okay. The girl, uh, I've cast Elsie Fisher from eighth grade. Oh, yeah. Also in a in a gothy kind of look. Sure, okay. Um, she quietly takes the money and go and asks uh, Jack out. Okay. Where do we go from here? Okay. So I like, I like the setup. I like this idea of instead of being like a girl who's like, quote unquote, not like a, not hot. Not that mm-hmm. Julia Stiles isn't hot, but I just yeah. mean like, you know, that kind of high school thing, like, oh, we, we need to turn them into a classic hottie. Yeah, it, it, it being a goth kid, a male goth kid as well. Mm-hmm. I like I like that setup a lot. So what could you do with a girl who's, maybe instead of maybe instead of her also being a goth, maybe she, Elsie Fisher, the, maybe the girl that they pay mm-hmm. is like a cheerleader. Okay. As he doesn't believe, I just again you can have the opposite to track kind of. Actually, thing. that the cheerleader thing does kind of work a bit better, maybe because the way I wanted to take this was that she goes up and she asks him, "If do you want to go to this this party that's happening? Like maybe the or maybe the, this cool band's going to be there or something. Yeah, I don't yeah. know." Mm-hmm. Um, Goth voice. <laughs> thank you. I, did, I didn't have that prepared. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he says yes, and he goes, um, and he goes with her, but he doesn't get he doesn't pay her any attention at all, mm-hmm. and you know she thinks that he's just he's not very good at socializing with people and he's just looking at the floor and everything. But actually he's looking at this other guy mm-hmm. and it turns out that he's gay and that nobody actually knew it. Oh, okay. And maybe even like Julia Stiles didn't know it. And so he's just kind of not knowing how to express those feelings. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking the right story around that. Okay. So maybe, okay. So maybe that's the thing. So maybe she, maybe the girl does, yeah, feign interest in him for the money. And then she starts to actually, like him but not romantically she actually finds that she just likes him mm. as a person she realizes that even though he's very quiet and shy and goffy when he opens up a little bit he's got a great sense of humor he's a nice person he's not this freak that everyone thinks he is yeah oh yeah that, that works yeah but and maybe and maybe initially she's like oh well and maybe maybe i do have feelings for this guy and, and maybe the first half of it plays out like 
you'd expect a rom-com to. And like, you know how like in Stranger Things, like <clears throat> when the most recent series when they had Maya uh, Furman, is it Maya Furman, Uma Furman and Fingy's daughter? Oh, I vaguely remember. Maya. What what was the character like? She was she was the love interest for Steve. Oh but then yeah, yeah. Out she was the whole thing made it seem like yeah. she was the love interest for Steve, and then mm-hmm. like one episode from the end, it revealed she was a lesbian. Mm-hmm. So and it was really sweet. And it was really nice. Yeah. So I think it could be like that where it plays out where you think, oh, it's going to be this like yeah, cheerleader type meets goth, then mm-hmm. opposites attract. It turns out he's, you know, he's actually a lot more open hearted, and she's got hidden depths, and they're going to fall in love, and isn't that sweet? Mm-hmm. But actually, it goes along those routes, and then when she finally like opens her heart to him and is like, you know what, even though you're a goth, I think I could mm-hmm. date you, and then he's like, oh no, I'm gay. Yeah. And she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'd also like if, you know how I mentioned that he uses a lot of red paint in his painting? Yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, towards the end of the movie, like at this reveal, we then see this thing that he's been painting and it's a big mural of this guy that he fancies mm. surrounded by roses or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and like, yeah. you think that it's going to be like, oh, he's like ripping limbs off and it's blood and everything. And it's like, no, he's just painting flowers and nice yeah. things. Yeah, you could do that. I know. I just, I no, no, that, that could be fun. Thing. But I'm also, but also, what you could do then is when she finds out that he's gay, mm-hmm. maybe once she kind of gets over her disappointment, mm-hmm. maybe she agrees to be like his beard. Ah, mm. uh, like, yeah. And like pretend because maybe like I don't, know, I don't know if kids even would bother with beards these days, and I think times are easier <laughs> for gay kids. But like I don't know, maybe he's not he's not ready to come out yet for whatever mm-hmm. reason, and so she agrees to be his pretend girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, while he figures himself out. Maybe he's def- trying to make this boy jealous as well, I don't know. Sure, yeah, maybe. I was definitely thinking we could do something, some sort of big reveal at prom. Yes, yeah, because it's going to end... High school with, movies, you always need to end at prom. Yeah, so it's going to have to end with him learning to be his, his self. It can't end with him, like, in a mm. still a fake relationship, so... Yeah. Yeah, maybe she acts as his, you know, fake girlfriend for a while, and none of her friends understand why she's dating this goth, but she's like, mm-hmm. I just really like him, he's really nice, and whatever, mm. so, you know... And they develop a genuine friendship. Mm. And then at the end of the movie, he... But I was thinking that, like, maybe... Uh, maybe she decides like right before prom that like no actually I want to go with prom with somebody that I can be rom- romantically engaged with like yeah. you're great as a friend but like I don't want to take you to prom yes and so he doesn't have anybody to go with pr- to go to prom with and he feels betrayed that she like lets him down yeah and so there's that but then also like his brother is on, is on his side because like he, he he wants him to have somebody to go to prom with so because then he can go to prom yeah yeah with, sure with, uh, with, with, his, his, with his girlfriend, with his girlfriend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and so then that's when the big brother admits to the little brother like comes out and says oh actually i'm gay so like yeah. stop trying to find me a girlfriend yeah yeah and then the brother's like maybe he expected that his little brother just wasn't going to accept it mm-hmm. and then it's, he's absolutely fine he's like oh yeah. okay yeah sure well what about this guy yeah that makes things easier yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it, like he's just his wingman yeah from from then yeah that could be really nice and then maybe he does maybe, maybe the object of his affection actually also likes him too or maybe mm. some other boy you know maybe there's somebody else you know yeah something like that yeah and so everyone ends up happily ever after of course because it's you know yeah but uh yeah that's that's very nice i mean there's yeah there's a lot you could do with that something yeah. there yeah yeah so what was that again it, oh you did, that it what, didn't what, have a title uh, 10 thing 10 things i hate about you but gay <laughs> <laughs> that works 10 things i hate about you but gay yeah <laughs> sure i mean it's very lazy but it, yeah <laughs> Yeah, let's just go with that. Yeah, I'll okay. Okay, yeah. okay, cool, cool, cool. So yeah, that's that. Very good, very good. Okay, should we move on quickly to listener submissions? Yeah, go on. Yeah, this was a popular choice. We had a few this week on okay. this film. It's a very, seemed like a very well-loved teen film of the era. Mm-hmm. So Brian Markowski said, the 11th thing, you thought the first 10 were bad. Well, wait till you get a load of the 11th. It's based loosely on Shakespeare's Titus Andronicus. Okay. I think the idea of that is that Titus Andronicus is one of the 
bleakest of all the Shakespeare tragedies. So right. that'd be like very upsetting. Okay, yeah. Uh, quite a few people did Shakespeare kind of thing, but we'll get to them. Uh, Duncan Flaster said, 10 things to hate about you. you know, oh, yeah. I, I, too, hate mm-hmm. about you. That works. Yeah. Harry Cullen said, 10 things I loved about you. Julia Stiles reminisces about her late husband, Heath Ledger, while watching their son find himself and learn about love. Nice. That feels like a very sad, sweet little melodrama, yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably a bit Oscar Beatty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Robbie Daggett said, 10 things I love about you. It takes place in 2049. Patrick and Kat, so Heath Ledger's character and Julia mm-hmm. Stiles, reconnect at their 50-year reunion and have a great time. Okay. So that can be a good way to get past Heath Ledger being dead, mm. is that you go so forth is that he goes so far forward in time, mm. you can just recast him as somebody who will be older, like, uh, like yeah, an yeah. old man and yeah. an old woman. Like that, that could be interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Who would he cast? I don't know. Well, well but Robbie suggested Jeffrey Rush, the Australian actor, and Gina Davis. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, that could work, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Rob Trainer said, 10 things I hate about you too, bitch. <laughs> that could actually be the gay one. That could be like... <laughs> yeah, <something>. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that actually could work for yours. <laughs> J. Alex Bond said... 10 things I hate about Irish rockers, you two. <laughs> that was a little journey to get there. Yeah, but I liked yeah, it. I liked that, was, it yeah. that was worth it. Uh, Marielle S. Halland said, 10 things I hate about Henry VIII, part one. Again, another Shakespeare classic. <laughs> and uh, Dylan Easton said, 102 things I hate about you. Like 102 <laughs> Dalmatians. Yeah. 102 Dalmatians is such a bad sequel title. It really is. It could not be more lazy. <laughs> Is the film going to be worse than Cruella, though? Ugh. Wait and see. Uh, but finally, Sarah, Pe- Sarah Pater has given us quite a lengthy one, so I thought I'd finish with this since it's oh, a bit yeah. of effort to come into it. She's called it 11 Things You Like, and it's a loose adaptation of another Shakespeare classic, As You Like It. Cat mm-hmm. and Bianca are both doctors now and engaged in a power struggle for their late father's obstetric... Obstetric... I can't pronounce that word. For their late father's practice. Nice. Because he was an obstetrician. I don't know how he pronounce that mm-hmm. uh, yeah the, the the father in the original movie was a doctor and so right the two sisters are now doctors and they're trying to inherit his practice cat's mm. got a daughter called rosie and bianca has a daughter called celia who are both 16 years old and the two daughters decide to take a road trip to avoid the drama <laughs> rosie is now experimenting with their gender and they present masculine going by the name of garrett through a series of misunderstandings and happenstance why would you choose garrett i don't know what a name i know through a series of misunderstandings and happenstance, they wind up getting hired at an Arden's Garden. It's like a fast food restaurant. They stop on at the trip. While there, they meet Orlando, the assistant store manager and teenage son of the owner, with whom both Rosie and... With whom, sorry. With whom Rosie slash Garrett falls immediately in love. They also make various friends with some locals and accidentally wind up in various love triangles. At the end, Bianca and Kat arrange an ownership structure. Rosie and Garrett is out as gender fluid and using the name as Roe. They kiss Orlando and Celia winds up with her own Arden's Garden franchise somehow. So, Wow. That's a, that's a, that's no, it was a lot. Convoluted. Uh, I think, in, I've not seen As You Like It in years, but I think that there's a lot of like gender confusion in that one because it's like mm-hmm. a woman dresses as a man in that play a lot and mm-hmm. then there's people falling in love and they're not realizing, you know, gender stuff. Right, so yeah. I think that's what they're getting at, but they're trying to make it more modern rather than just like, oh, it's a woman dressed as a man. Mm-hmm. It's actually somebody who's like gender fluid. So that. That could be an interesting way of updating a lot of those Shakespeare plays because there's a lot of them mm. that do that kind of, you know, people dressing as the opposite sex kind of thing, and, but in kind of a way that's quite dated now. So, mm. I mean, that's quite interesting. So, thank you for that, Sarah. That was 11 Things You Like. Mm-hmm. So, thank you, everybody, for those sequel ideas. We ask for your listener submissions every week, a few days before we record. 
by putting posts out on Facebook and Twitter where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, all of which you can also leave a five-star review if you so wish. You can also support us on Patreon for as much or as little as you think we're worth, and you'll be able to access all the bonus features we discussed earlier on the show. You can find all the links in the description below or at beyondtheboxset.com. Mm-hmm. And next week, Harry, it is a me pick. Sure. And I was just finishing up editing our Armageddon episode the other day. Mm-hmm. And on the episode, you mentioned something that kind of gave me an idea. Because you said that one of your favorite things is movies that misunderstand the future. Yes. Like, you know, films that see yes. the future in one way and do it again. And that made me realize that there's a certain little micro genre of films that we haven't really explored yet. Oh, yeah. Which one. And that is films from like the early to mid 90s about the I th- internet. I think, we've done, I think we've done early to mid 90s. Oh, we have but, done that. Uh, <laughs> but films, on, about, sorry, films yeah. about the internet okay. from like when the internet was a new thing. Oh, yeah. There were loads of them. So yeah. I thought I'd just pick the most famous one. I've not seen it. I'm hoping, hoping it's good. Mm-hmm. I think I know what you're going to pick, and I don't think I've seen it either. The net. Oh, no, I thought you were going to say Hackers. No, no, no. I think the, the Net's more famous, I think. Okay. Sandra Bullock's in it. Yeah. It's a big hit. So it came out in like 1985 and it's the all net. about... Yeah. Oh, so the Net. Yeah. Oh, is going to be great fun. That's what, I feel like this This is some of surprise it's taken us so long to do. I think this could be yeah. a good laugh. I mean, I feel like even if it's bad, you'll have things to say. I'm so. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So join us next week, listeners, for The Net. Yeah, that sounds like it's going to be a very good time. Cool. Right. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week. Bye. Bye. be Nigel with the Brie.